Well, uh, thank you guys for tuning in once again to the Young and Foolish podcast. This week, we have a pretty special episode. Um, we actually have a guest with us today. But before we introduce our guests, I just want to kind of introduce a topic we're going to talk about. And I think it's really relevant, especially this summer, as the Olympics Games had just ended. And we had the Euros tournament. We had Copa America. I think Gold Cup was also a thing, but no one really pays attention to North American you know, soccer competitions. <laughs> um, also has some big fights in the UFC. So it, it just feels really right to talk about competition. And today we have our good friend Sharier on, and he is, um, you know, out of all the friends that I know, probably um, the most suitable to talk about competition. And I'll let Sharier do a bit of introduction for himself. Hi, my name's Sharyar. Uh I've been competing in weightlifting for uh, probably seven years now. You'd think I'd be a lot better at it. But uh, I've competed nationally uh, three times. I even have gotten a bronze medal at my last nationals. And hopefully I will qualify for senior nationals soon this year awesome so um i guess we could just start with kind of your experience competing and then we'll just go off from that and talk a bit more about um just kind of when you started and how it's changed maybe some about your training and actually going to competitions and just kind of the overall experience you feel so, oh, wait, what was the first part of that question again? Just uh, your experience overall, really. Oh, overall experience competing. Yeah. Well, um, oh, I don't really know how to like put the feeling into words. Mm-hmm. Like actually being there on the stage is uh, quite a unique feeling. Uh, although it's. It's changed now, I guess, because I'm more experienced, been mm-hmm. doing it for a long time. But, like, I don't get, like, the butterflies and the nervousness. Like, even at my final, my, my last nationals I was at, even though that's, like, a pretty big stage, kind of, yeah. it's like, eh, I didn't care too much for it anymore. I assume if I do end up making it to, like, the world level, I will, again, feel nervous, like... I was before, but that won't be for a while. Never happens. know. You never know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> vitamin S, bro. Vitamin S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> vitamin S. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, that's very interesting. Um, I guess it makes sense, though, just um, with time and just having had similar ex- experiences before, get used to it and just, you know don't feel the same um i guess yeah the butterflies is a good way to kind of describe it um you know so lorenzo you've talked about that you've competed in weightlifting as well so maybe you want to kind of tie into your experience doing it uh yeah i mean i haven't competed in forever um and i also just didn't do it for as long back when Mm -hmm. i last competed as well um so it's a little bit not as fresh in my memory as it might be for Sharyar. And I also have less experience total than Sharia at this point. Um, but personally, like, 
I think the biggest thing for competition is that, um, for me at least, or at least kind of like the central point of like the competitive experience is that it's kind of like a goal, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. uh, without competition, find that um, it's harder to push yourself that extra mile. It gives you like a good goal to push yourself to like your limit, you know? Because mm-hmm. you want to do the best that you can with competition. Mm-hmm. And I think when I, when I think of competition, that's like the most key thing that pops to my mind that I remember from back then. It's just, oh, it's a, it's a way to like structure your training, keep you on track so you can progress and get better at your sport, right? Yeah, and uh, I definitely want to talk more about that and also how that could tie in into kind of other aspects of life as well. Uh, but before really get into um, that kind of uh, aspect, I guess I want to talk more about the sport itself, more just mm-hmm. competing in sports itself. Um, you know, weightlifting, the sport you guys have competed in, it's very much individual and even in competition. It's largely competing um, well, against yourself. Your previous records were just kind of trying to get the best left you can, right? Is that Would mm-hmm. that be fair for me to say? Yeah. 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 That's a good deal of it. I mean, obviously, you have, like, the times where it's like, oh, he, he bumped it up by one extra kilo for the gold mm-hmm. medal. Oh, my goodness, yeah. or whatever, right? And then you're like, okay, well, dang, do I risk it for the biscuit? Yeah. Try to finesse something, you know, or like, oh, maybe I can try moving up to a goal, but then I risk losing my bronze medal if I don't make this. I don't know. Things like that do pop yeah. up, but in general, I think that's a fair assessment, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, that's a good point to add. Um, yeah. Well, I just want to kind of talk about um, my experience a little bit competing. I haven't competed um, individually for many years, but back in the day, I did do Taekwondo and I went to many competitions. Um, and I did multiple events, but the main two events I did was forms and sparring and in forms, I definitely feel like it's a very similar thing, uh, in terms of it's just cause forms is really doing a set of moves. Uh, what the set of moves was already, it's a standardized set of moves, right? So it's judges kind of judging you on your techniques and just the overall, um, the overall kind of pace, um, just every every aspect of the form. And with that, it's very much competing against yourself and doing the best that you can um, in, that, in that sense and just kind of performing to the best of your ability in something that you've specifically trained and know how to do exactly the same way, basically, right? Uh, but the other thing I competed in and did really well in was in taekwondo sparring which is basically um fighting with that other person it's you know not incredibly violent and you know point based right and then and so it's you know it's very different from like other types of combat sport where it's just a bit more brutal but it's still one-on-one you know fighting and just competing with a person very directly like that and the thing i i really feel like differs between the two um i I don't even know how to put this into words really but there is this big difference um and that's kind of what i want to get your opinion on kind of i don't know how much experience you have with that kind of thing competing with other people directly like that we're similar Mm -hmm. to that um, but just kind of the difference between something that's directly against yourself 
versus something that is more against someone else. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I see what you mean for sure. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of the... Uh, it's not even just uh, an individual sports thing because... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's different. It's different. I don't know how to put it into words either. Because it's like in the fighting example that you gave there, it's, mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to respond to what your opponent is doing. So your actions, to some extent, have to be reactive, right, to what your opponent's yeah. doing. Versus like the individual sports, it's just it's all you. It doesn't matter what anybody else does, right? Uh, but I don't know. I personally don't have any experience competing in those kinds of sports, so I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Well, I mean, if I were to put it just a little bit broader in terms of team sports in general, where you're also just going against other people, like with team sports, there's also like the mm-hmm. the other element of your teammates and that that whole yeah. aspect of yeah, it, right? Fans. So, um, but the the part where you're directly competing against someone else and there is kind of reacting to what they're doing and then reacting to what you're doing, that aspect still exists. That part is still the same. So maybe just kind mm-hmm. of. Um, how does that aspect, you know, make the competing experience different from just competing against yourself? Because that's something I thought about, and, and it's very difficult yeah. to put into words. But at the same time, I definitely feel like there is a big difference, right? Because even if I'm doing something like you know more casually, like you know. Um, Mm-hmm. Back in high school, we did rock climbing club, and even after high school, we did rock climbing um, just for fun. Uh, a lot of that, just taking on the challenge, especially bouldering, right? You're just completing a route that's set, uh, and you're just, you know, doing yeah. it. Maybe you're, you are trying to doing a better time than someone else, perhaps, but at the same time, you're doing it by yourself and you're trying to complete that challenge, right? So, yeah. Like something I've always thought about is that difference and trying to kind of describe why it is. I think, I think a lot of uh, it just comes from the unpredictability that facing somebody presents because they'll react and they can react in many different ways to what you do. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you in turn can react many different ways to what they do versus when you go bouldering. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these athletes, once they're bouldering, they know what to expect. Right. They, they know what's up. They know what they're going to have to do. It's just whether or not they can do it. Right. When you go mm-hmm. lift, you know how to do the snatch. You know how to do the clean <clears throat> jerk. It's just whether or not you can do it there in the moment. But I, I yeah. really say uh, these individual sports are a lot more uh, of a mental game. Because mm. in the end, it's just you. You're like fighting against yourself, kind of. You know. Yeah. Unlike uh, in a team sport, someone else could pick up the slack or whatever. There's a lot less uh, individual uh, stress, I guess. I think that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, I feel like that's a very good point. Because yeah. uh, there's someone on your team that might, you know, carry you. There might be someone on the team that really drops a ball and really kind of ruins it for the team. That at the same time, mm-hmm. you're directly competing as someone else. They're just, um, especially team sports, when you're facing multiple, you know, um, opposition. There are just a lot of different uh, factors and a lot of different things each person can do that could really affect it. Whereas with yourself, it is really just that competing against yourself and very um, kind of, um, 
It's, 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 it's yeah. straightforward. It's just yeah, I don't exactly. know, there's no there's no counterplaying between you and the opponent, you know. Yeah. And without that, it, and that's a very dynamic element that's missing in a lot of those individual sports, like weightlifting, right? Mm-hmm. Like only to the extent of like how much weight you select. Really, that's kind of as far. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can also try to like screw with your opponents. I think that that's something some people do, right, Shoryer? If they really want to get a win, they try to like mess up the other person's like wait time or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't know why they do that at local competitions, but yeah, uh, it's it, super is, on it super is a strategy <laughs> you can do. Oh, I feel like in local competitions it shouldn't be done because people are generally like not diehard lifters that mm-hmm. care too much about. Yeah being the best you know they just want to go out there and have a good lifting day yeah <laughs> no, that's pretty funny um no no but uh, i guess the, the thing i was trying to um get at uh why i wanted to talk about that before i talk about before we talk about the um aspect of the competition that could be really transferred into per- personal life and just the benefit competition, right? So the, the the biggest reason why I want to talk about the aspect of competing as other people, whether that's one-on-one or team versus team, is that I feel like um, this th- that difference is also seen in other aspects of life, other ways of competition, the just the benefits you get from competing against yourself and what benefits might be uh with competition in general against other people i think there there are some major differences um so i guess kind of maybe we should start off talking about the benefits you get from a competition just from uh trying to you know kind of progress uh, track your progress trying to progress trying to get better whether that's in your sport or in other aspects there's something that's more personal and uh, kind of individualized um i uh i think i don't know like when someone has competed in any type of sport i guess mm-hmm. you could kind of tell like you know if they're really into it and they put a lot of effort into it you can kind of tell like they're more motivated to do things. I feel like competition's a really good motivator, um, just in general. Like um, you know, like even if you're lifting by yourself, right, mm-hmm. and you're not you're not really competing or anything, you still want like at the end of the day, if you've competed, like you know, like you you set your own goals and you you'll do you know like your trainings and you know like whatever. Uh, in order to reach it i just think like without the competition part you know or experience Mm -hmm. a lot of people lack the dedication it takes to actually Mm -hmm. pull the goal off Mm -hmm. so you could set a goal for yourself and never achieve it or never reach it and then you know like that that's it you know like that's a dead goal or um but like rather i see a lot of people who've competed um you know set themselves goals for for however much weight or how you know like whatever um in like sports and stuff and like they genuinely they work their ass off for it man mm-hmm. and so i think i think it really shows uh when someone's you know dedicated when someone's motivated and when someone is is constantly challenging themselves you know rather than being content with uh whatever they do 
So I think that that's like a big take from, you know, competition to personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also like work ethic too. Like it, mm-hmm. it kind of shows in work ethic as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, like there's, uh, like you can see that competition really increases, uh, like how oh, it's the word. So like, say back then, uh, to get into UBC, you wouldn't need a ninety percent average, you know. Mm. But now, because of that competition. The averages keep getting better and better. Yeah. And now you need to like really get good grades to get into these good schools. And the the good people in the sports are getting even better, yeah. you know? It's like mm-hmm. the competition keeps driving people. Mm-hmm. It forces people to get better, you know? Yeah, it happens with businesses too. Uh, yeah. Making better yeah. products and services. Yeah you, yeah, yeah, you see it everywhere in life. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. You know, that- competition really encourages growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's more from competing uh, against other people and just this more external kind of thing where they're more individualized and just kind of, um, you know, competing against the stuff you've done previously. It's very much kind of how you stack up against other people. I feel like that's that's the kind of benefit the, the, that you get out of the the that type of competition, you know? Well, I mean, even with weightlifting, even though you don't have that kind of same dynamic kind of like element that you have in like say a combat sport, right. Mm-hmm. Where your actions are kind of like, so interlinked with your opponents. Right. Um, despite that, there's still this kind of like drive to like, Oh, I'm going to be the one to win. Like I'm going to outlift everybody. Even if, okay. Well, that's if you're going for like the top. Um, so I don't know what I'm trying to say is that even though, and like say weightlifting, for example, mm-hmm. it's not one-on-one or something like that. I think there's still a very strong competitive spirit that will push you to your limit regardless of the fact that you're not going up against somebody directly, like in some of the other sports you mentioned. I, I think like that part of the competitive spirit is still there. Yeah, kind the of aspect of how you, step yeah. up, how you stack up against other people is still there. Yeah, no, that's yeah. why it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think what Raymond was saying was specifically um, true to my experience and just kind of how I see it. I definitely feel like with the people who have had experience competing and have had that kind of, um, um, well, they have ha- le- they have learned lessons from that that really carry over, such as you know the setting the goals and actually following through with them by you know dedication, by perseverance, by, by having work ethic. You know, some of those very key things are just going to help you. Um, I guess kind of carry through to every aspect of your life and everything you end up working on or trying to go for, you know, I feel like that's, that's a huge benefit of um, have had competed and just thought about competition and had to, you know, really work for it yourself. I feel like that is something that you get more in the kind of personalized kind of individualized idea of competition because like even when you are competing as other people end of the day what makes you uh get you know better is trying to work on yourself and improve that right that's kind of the main focus that's going to get you there and then 
is looking at other people and how they do and then trying to do, you know, better, trying to match up, trying to, you know, uh, just get an advantage in one way or other against mm -hmm. them. So I feel like, I didn't feel like that is a huge thing that people take away from competing, like Rimin was saying. And I didn't feel like that's more of a personalized, individualized kind of, um, um, it's from that aspect. Mm. So what you mean, 100%, 100%. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I thought you were going to say something more rather than just where yeah. someone else oh, is going to no. start saying something. Yeah. I was waiting for Lorenzo to continue. <laughs> no, that's, like, sorry, uh, that's all I had to add. <laughs> well, thank you for thinking that was a good point. <laughs> anytime, bro. Anytime. Uh, um, do you want to say something, Shot, about just kind of benefits and competition in general? It might not be kind of what we're talking about here, but it might be some something else that's like really beneficial from competition oh uh well definitely stress management mm. is a huge thing you'll figure out from competition like uh and how to deal with your emotions really it's like in in weightlifting sometimes you'll miss your first two lifts and like that's like the worst feeling ever because if you miss the next one like you're disqualified yeah. like you're just out of the competition i remember my first competition i didn't even know that was a rule like if you miss <laughs> all of, all your lifts you're disqualified like i had no idea so i i come out of the competition and uh i miss my first two lifts first competition ever missed my first two lifts and then like the third one i'm, I'm literally i go back onto the platform and like i can't see because my <laughs> eyes are so watered because i was like i couldn't handle the emotions that wow. were going on yeah damn bro that's crazy i didn't know about yeah. this yeah and like it, it's happened a few times oh yeah you've like, that a lot uh, twice <laughs> but yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> like you i i remember like i think one of the times i did bomb out like i went on the platform and in my mind i had already given up mm. And it's like, that's obviously not the play, you know? Yeah. You don't want to be giving nah, up too early. Not. And mm -hmm. then that'll uh, affect other aspects of your life. Say just in work. Mm -hmm. You work in a fast-paced uh, fast place, like, yeah. I don't know, McDonald's. Like, uh, that's hard work. And uh, if you don't have good stress management, like, you, you can't cut it there. Like, when I worked at McDonald's, so many people had to quit in the, uh, in the back, in the kitchen. Because they could not handle the stress and work of it. Wow. You know? Yeah. But I was able to. I think because of the weightlifting, I was able to uh, survive it for a few years. And I do think the McDonald's benefited <laughs> weightlifting. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. And then when I went on to actually work in a real kitchen, yeah. I think the weightlifting uh, helped with that as mm. well. And I think that also helped with the weightlifting. because. Yeah. Yeah. It does kind of go both ways, yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely get what you're saying um, with that mental aspect, with um, managing your emotions, dealing with stress. Um, I guess personally, for the most part, I've always been pretty good at that. And when I got better, um, when I get better at it, um, it was even more kind of natural to just kind of do it. 
But uh, I remember just competing, especially in sparring, that like if you get like some early points on your opponent, you do see a lot of them just kind of giving up. You do kind of see it in kind of their eyes. You do see it kind of body language and just kind of how they, how they kind of stand, how they move. Like it, it just feels like okay, well, <laughs> it's already done for them. I just have to get this point, and then you, you know, like. And also, like, if you're watching, like, high-level competition, you also do kind of see it in some people, whether that's combat sports, whether that's, like, team sports, like basketball. You definitely do see it in some people who they're just, like, you feel like they've given up already while the competition is still happening. That's a very real thing that uh, happens. And I feel like just going through experiences like that, having either doubt it with yourself or seeing other people that you're competing with deal with it and just going through that experience you really do learn a lot about kind of um yourself your emotions how to handle that with stress and also with uh pressure which is a huge thing um and just also dealing with um maybe external aspects what other aspect of your life outside of the the sport where the thing you're competing in, just kind of how to manage, um, kind of really just your emotions, um, many different emotions, but overall emotions would just be a generalized term for it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. honestly, like when you're competing, like I feel like the first few times you get you're nervous, right, yeah. man? Because you, you've never been put into that situation of like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where, where everything you do matters, right? Yeah. Um, and you're held accountable for what you do, like, on, like in, on the spot. So I think um, it's a really good way, you know, like, like Sharia and you say, like stress management, as well as like, you know, like knowing, knowing how to deal with your emotions um you know at the time like whether uh you know how to calm yourself down or you know you know how to like stop you know or like i don't know i feel like at a certain point like you kind of have to stop you know all the uh, external like i guess pressure as well Mm -hmm. so you know like you see the crowd right like you see all these people like and then you know like you you feel pressure to do well but that's like you know like it's it's not that you don't want to but it's it's that you want to for yourself right and having all these people there can lead to like improper lifts or you know like uh you get excited you know as well like with them right it's like you gotta put everything aside and kind of just focus on what you're doing so like it also helps yeah it also helps with focusing Mm -hmm. on um tasks um you you kind of have more a linear kind of uh i guess um what do you call it tunnel vision almost like your tunnel vision on exactly what it is yeah you want to focus yeah yeah like like all your brain power you know like everything goes straight into whatever you're doing and that's it and then once you're done you almost feel like you're relieved or like you know it's like when you're holding your breath for a while under the pool right under the water and your friend's like oh okay i'm gonna time you dude and you're competing against them and then like you know you're, you're counting down in your head you're like okay okay and then like when you're finally done you're like oh you know that breath that fresh breath of air man um like you feel that and uh i just think you know you're able to deal with 
external pressures and just your own emotions you know how to figure them out a lot better overall i'd say uh coming from like being you know competitive in like you know any sport mm-hmm. or you know any way um you know this goes for debating as well like you know if you're debating that's definitely something you have to manage yeah which is you know your your patience um and you know you don't want to start yelling yeah. <laughs> you don't want to start screaming at the other team it's like no <laughs> like <laughs> you start just cussing yeah. them out <laughs> <Imagine that. laughs> bro you lose and you start cussing out the judges it's like bro <laughs> um yeah so like and uh you know if you let your emotions overwhelm you uh you like it's a very high possibility that you lose just from that Mm -hmm. right because your mental state you know like you need that to be fortified uh whereas like when when you know you feel i guess like mentally vulnerable that's that's when like anything goes right you could be like okay you know like like you have that mindset of losing right like you said you know you go into it you're like okay well it's my last attempt you know my last lift I don't think I could do this lift. And that, like, I don't know, I'd say 70% of the time, like, you end up not doing it because you don't really believe. And, like, your body's already given up, you know. Mm-hmm. You, your muscles are less tense than before. It's, it, you know, you, you're ready to for it to end. So, yeah. And the mental aspect is absolutely huge. And nowadays, you just actually see a lot more uh, professional athletes in various sports and competitions who are talking about it, um, you know, kind of how they deal with it, the struggles they've had with it, and just um, just kind of putting out the awareness of just the importance of mental health and the, the pressure, the stress that comes with competing at high levels and taking these uh, things seriously like that. Um, and the other thing you said that, um, well, I guess you didn't say it directly, but something that I want to tie into what you're saying is that competition also really teach you how to kind of, uh, how to win, how to, well, how to be a winner, how to, um, be a loser, you know, how to not be mm. a sore loser and how to win with grace and how to deal with the emotions that come with winning and come with losing that comes with success and come with failure. So not only the, the kind of the kind of emotions you deal with while you're competing, but also the results of the competition. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a huge aspect um, of competition, obviously, and also a huge aspect of what you could get out of competing. Yeah, like I, I think a lot of people who come out on top or generally like very humble, um, you know, they're very confident in their abilities and they they know you know they they know because from experience they know what they they can and will mm-hmm. do and they know when it's you know when it's okay like it's a possibility that i i won't make this mm-hmm. right that they still they stay humble they stay uh i guess just emotionless almost stoic um about things yeah they, they yeah they they feel stoic about it it's just like like you know it, they don't let they they control their emotions really well right um and i feel like that also comes comes and like benefits uh your personal life after being in a competitive state for so long 
um, you know, like I'm sure Shaw is very humbled about his lifts, right? Um, you know, even when it's a bad day, like he knows he could probably, you know, go go back up and, uh, you know, improve, right? And like, I just think that when you when you make a mistake after like a competitive, you know, background, you tend to instead of like, you know, being down and like, you know, running it through your head like endlessly, you you kind of build from that, right? Mm-hmm. You move on and then you see what you can improve. Exactly, yeah. And then, yeah, like you, yeah, that's kind of it, yeah. It's, it's very, it's a very healthy mindset to have um, in life, you know, to always look into improve, to always going forward rather than, you know, looking back and be like, oh, like I wish I did this or I mm-hmm. wish that I did that, you know. And then, like, having that constantly just pressuring you, you that just keeps pressuring yourself um, even more and stresses you even more, right? Because mm-hmm. what, what happens if, you know, you keep thinking, oh, like, my last lift, you know, my last competition, I did this. Like, oh, this competition, like, I, I really hope I don't do this. I really hope, you know, this doesn't happen again. And then you start getting nervous and then you, you become a wreck, man you lose you lose sight of your your goal mm-hmm. yeah 100% no cap no cap for sure yeah <laughs> uh, that mindset is definitely so important um, it really goes into like basically every aspect of your life you know work school mm-hmm. you know um, yeah just be like okay this happened um, learn from it and move on you know that that's mm-hmm. a very powerful mindset to have and competition is a really good way for someone to be able to develop that mindset um do you have anything to add uh lorenzo shaw mm, no yeah <laughs> no well, like... i mean it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of what shard was talking about how it forces you to get better right okay yeah. to stay in a competitive mindset once you take an l you have to grow from it and Mm -hmm. learn from it right if you get caught up on it then that's not a competitive mindset because you're just going to be stuck on it you're not going to move on from it yeah and then you won't be as competitive yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah. just by its very nature competition is just crazy yeah and you know if you uh if you keep thinking of what once was you'll never improve because you're just constantly putting yourself down as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like you gotta, you gotta learn from it, obviously. And you gotta ask and be like, okay, well I had this problem because X, Y, and Z. Okay. So I need to address this problem, but you can't let it establish like a mental block or it, but you can't let it affect your confidence. You know, mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. to be just as confident every single time, yep. if not more confident every time. Yeah. yeah. yeah like uh, in basketball, you know, there's a saying called shooters shoot. You know, because uh, you, you're either going to make the shot or you're going to miss the shot. But as someone who's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, known for shooting the ball and being good at it and who trains at it regularly, what you know is that if you just shoot enough, because, um, you know, you're shooting with the same form. You've done this for years that, you know, you keep practicing that. And, yeah, you could miss a bunch of shots in a row. But, you know, if you just keep shooting them, just keep doing it. You just keep believing that you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, 
you are just gonna make it because uh, you got that skill, and statistically, that's just what's going to happen. So as long as you believe in yourself and just keep doing it, and just having that confidence, having that um, you know belief, that's that's you know so important for competing at a high level and being able to uh, come back from unsuccessful um, stretches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I learned that quite well in weightlifting. You just got to, like, keep putting the work in, and eventually it'll come to you. Like, just this past, uh, maybe it's been, yeah, it was two years. Like, I kept putting in work, and I just wanted to keep giving up because I felt like it wasn't coming to mm -hmm. me. Nothing I'm doing is working. Yeah. And then maybe just a few months ago, it finally, finally happened. Like, what the work's paid off. <laughs> Trust the process. Yeah. That's like they say. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> but yes, sir. the process <laughs> is definitely hard and stressful mm -hmm. and very unpredictable. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. Well, um, other thing yes, I yeah. wanted to get into um, is not quite so individualized. It's actually uh, very much um, in team uh, settings. You know, and I've had I personally had some experience competing in team sports, uh, mostly rugby and oh, well, in team kind of environments, mostly rugby. But also um, I've competed, competed in quotations um, with the jazz band uh, as we have entered. Um, well, I guess they are called competitions. Well, some of them are called festivals. Other are called competitions. Um, but. I think, well, well, there are many aspects to it, really, right, that are different from competing uh, as just individual, whether that is against ourselves or directly against other people. But in team settings, um, I guess the first thing I'll get into is that something Georgie, our friend Georgie, said to me uh, when I was talking to him about kind of uh, playing on sports teams in high school and also um, outside of high school in the local teams. Because he played uh, volleyball, basketball, and also baseball, right? So one thing he said that for him that he didn't actually enjoy about playing the team sports is that he just felt a lot of stress from uh, feeling like he can't let the team down and just feeling that part of responsibility uh, of kind of you need to be accountable for certain things, um, mm -hmm as a part of this collective, towards this collective goal. And I feel like that is something uh, very interesting. And we kind of touched upon this in other episodes. I forget which one, but um, just this idea of working towards the same thing and perhaps mm -hmm. kind of how you might feel doing it, whether that's a pressure, but also just kind of being a part of community and just uh, kind of I guess the stressful part and also the very beneficial and the very you know positive parts of that experience. If you have any thoughts on that, you know. The, yeah, yeah. I, um, I feel like when you first start joining a, like a team mm -hmm. sport or you know any team competition, you you hold yourself reliable for more than you know like more than you should be, mm -hmm. right? Because it is a team sport at the end of the day, right? So like, you know, when I first did football, like I used to, I used to be like, oh man, like I, like I, I have to do like as much as I can. Right. Like I, I, like I always try like, oh, like I got to carry the team on the back, you know, like, 
you know like that mindset where it's like i i have to do my absolute best like you know like with everything and then like you you kind of start like holding yourself responsible for like your teammates as well when they don't do something like you know like well like um you're like oh like maybe i could have done this which might affect them in some way Mm -hmm. right or like maybe i should have like called it out to them or something but like at the end of the day like i learned that you know like later on like you you should focus because it's a team sport well every team sport's different but every team sport you know the individuals on the team every position has their own job to do and you kind of have to just you you kind of have to just believe in your teammates that they will do their job you know their part for the team and then that kind of leads into like you believing in yourself mm-hmm. like you start focusing on your part you know your job and like knowing what you're gonna do and that's that you know you you stop focusing on like everything and you start focusing on more individual yeah. play you know rather than um you know like having all that stress about everything else um you know like external like pressures and stuff like like bro like people on the bleachers yeah. right like when they're like boo or like you know like when they're like ah you know like when they're uh, where you could tell like they're like okay like you know like they've given up on the team or something right like that plays a big part too it's like oh my team's doing <laughs> shit dude what am i gonna do <laughs> right <laughs> so like i don't know like you kind of it's i feel like a lot of the things are interchangeable you know um but i think the big part about it is just focusing on your role and um you know like you could care less what other people do as long as you do your role you know you've done your job you know you've done the Mm -hmm. best you could right um yeah i mean from my experience that that is definitely like the big the biggest focus like knowing your role and being able to do your role Mm -hmm. you know just um that is absolutely huge in team sports um and also just team competitions in general in jazz band it it was a huge thing to like know your part and you really feel like you are responsible for that both by yourself but also by everyone that's involved and one of the things that we did in uh, jazz band was for each section you know um each instrument uh belonging in like a section is like everyone who plays the same instrument right so everyone who uh plays the same instrument in that section like someone uh in in, within the section will kind of well we didn't necessarily do that much uh, outside of class but just because it was actually a huge um it was a very important thing to do. We actually took some class time and had that. And where one person was kind of, uh, I guess, the captain or the leader or whatnot of the section. And they would have kind of hold practice for just the section to run through the parts. So they are holding the entire section accountable. But also everyone within the section are holding each other accountable. And then you just get to the point where you really know that, okay, I need to know my part. Like that is the most important thing. That is what I need to be able to do. And then from there, that's kind of where greatness and great teamwork gets built from. 
it's really just start with everyone knowing what they're supposed to do and being able to do them right then that's how we get mm-hmm. sections together and have them play together and that's where you work on team work aspect where you know listening to other sections to adjust your dynamics make sure you're not overplaying and also to uh, be able to know that okay we need a bit more from us over here because our part is important so we actually need to uh you know be a bit more stronger play a little bit you know uh you know with more power right so that aspect of holding yourself accountable uh i feel like it it is very much like in individual sports but in these teams where there is that aspect of knowing there are just a lot of people holding you accountable and at the same time you're not only holding yourself accountable but you're kind of also holding other people accountable but there is that dynamic where you're like okay if you're overly kind of stressed about what other people are doing then overall that's kind of negative to your own performance and probably to the performance of your whole team as well. So there is that balance and there is that mental aspect to it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I can imagine that, like, especially like, you know, like being in a jazz band, like you got to yeah. know your part, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bro. And like, it's also like something else. It's, you know, like I want to touch on is when you're in a team sport, you, you kind of, there is that independent, you know, like, like role of it, you know, like you're competing against yourself basically. Right. Um, you kind of like, you kind of end up just focusing or like thinking about it more as an individual mm-hmm. sport, you know, like, uh, yeah. Like if you have your role, you know, you kind of, you kind of think about that only, right? Before you worry about everything else, right? Like maybe you adjust mm-hmm. whatever you're doing uh, according to what, you know, your teammates might mm-hmm. do, right? Um, but other than that, like you, it, it's it's you, your part, and uh, whoever else you're competing against, right? So like your counter, your counter uh, role. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I don't know, I, I find that it, it really helps thinking about it more as an individual role and individual mm-hmm. part rather than like a team part yeah. right it's like oh i'm part of this team it's like nah like 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 i am part of this team but like this is my job where i gotta do what it takes you know i just gotta do it right and as long as i do it right like you know you know your team ha- like you know your team starts, you know, to believe, you know, like that, okay, he's doing his part. I need to do my yeah. part, you know, so it's kind of like a chain reaction. It's also reaction like a morale boost, that you it, know, having someone doing their job properly. Okay, mm-hmm. we got this. We're locked in. He's doing their job. You're doing your job, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I could definitely relate to that in like rugby where I, um, well, not necessarily majority, but at least half the time I was playing as a winger. And really, you need to make sure that no one gets by you on the wing. You know, like you either push them out of bounds, you make the tackle or you make them push inside towards the rest of your team. Like that is a very like, big aspect of your job on the defensive uh, side of the play. Right. Like you just like no matter what, you make sure they don't get by you like that. Right. And similarly, when I um, play, you know, intramural soccer, I, I play um, a fullback. So on either side, but um, 
I mean, I also go into attack sometimes. It's very dynamic just because the sport is very dynamic. And also at this level of competition, people just play different roles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, but as like um, a defender in uh, soccer, other thing you really kind of learn is that like <laughs> either the ball go past you or the def- or the, the player goes past you, never both, right? Like, you make sure. That's why in the Euro finals, you saw um, Giorgio Gellini from the Italian side pulling on, like, the English player's shirt, making sure that guy goes down, took a yellow card for that. But he know that's his Mm -hmm. job no matter what. Either the ball goes past you or the, the defender, where the attacker goes past you, never both. And hopefully neither, but, you know, never both. And he made sure of that. Like it's just a huge thing of knowing kind of what you what needs to be done and doing it, and that aspect obviously also translate into other aspects of your life, you know, into the work environment, especially into uh, group projects, you know, especially. Mm-hmm. Sharia, you know, you've worked in the kitchen. I've always, I have, you know, also worked in the kitchen, and one thing is, it's very much a team kind of environment. But at the same time, you also have a pretty clear role of what you need to do. So there's definitely a huge focus of you being able to do uh, your job, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a sort of sense that like you don't want to let the team mm-hmm. down, you know? Yeah, the- pushes you forward. It's it's a really good confidence booster too, you know, like once once you see other people are like, yeah, they're doing their job, you know, like it's time to do mine. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's almost like a wake up call, you know, some people like it takes a little bit to get into it, you know, when they first play the first game or something. They're like, okay, like I need to do this, I need to do this or this or this. They give themselves too many options and uh, just too many things to think about. Whereas, you know, like once they're like, okay he did his job you know he did exactly what you know uh you know the mm-hmm. leader said or you know like the head said the coach said then you're like okay well the coach told me to do this then i'm gonna do that right and then it kind of just like works out you know like um you also another thing is like you have to have a really good leader right someone who communicates really well with the team and uh when you have that all together you you get a really well structural structured team whereas like if if the leader doesn't care mm-hmm. right the leader is like okay you you do this maybe this indecisiveness then you're gonna be indecisive too because you're worrying about what the leader did say and didn't yeah. say right um and so you you need someone who's really confident in that right so having a good coach really helps um as well um and then, you know, you, you kind of, like, learn to trust, you know, like, the information you're given. Um, you kind of, you know, like, even though it, it might not be always 100% the right play, you do it anyways because that's what mm-hmm. you're given. Um, so, you know, it helps you follow through orders or, you know, like, goals that's set for the team. Um, and, like, for the kitchen, um, I used to work in the kitchen, too. And... Um, you you kind of you have to rely yeah. on your team you know like like 
Yeah, like everyone has their own role. If you don't do your role, you know who. Everyone knows. <laughs> There's no getting away from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But, uh. Like. <laughs> so like you're kind of like okay well like like today like this is my job i have to do it man and um yeah like y- you kind of it's really good to know uh to hold mm-hmm. yourself accountable for your mistakes mm-hmm. uh, and i think that's a really big part as well from uh, team mm-hmm. team sports right or team play it's just you hold yourself accountable and you improve you know upon it you know you realize okay i did this wrong or um you know like i messed up you know the team and uh instead of feeling bad about it you gotta realize it's like okay then how do i you know like bring it back right to where it was yeah so yeah it's kind of my thoughts on it no definitely um i think having some you know in a competition having something on the line you definitely just get all these benefits out of it. You know, we talk about the benefits you get out of it, uh, you know, just in individual sports and also these other aspects you get out of it in team sports. Like, ultimately, I think it's that competition and that just feeling like something is on the line and there's that specific goal that you're working towards, whether by yourself or with a team. I feel like that's really kind of make everything just a little bit more serious, carry a bit more weight and really gets you to, Mm-hmm. learn these lessons and and get these experiences that you could carry over to other aspects of your life and uh, specifically to what you were saying um with, with the first part about what you're saying about kind of pe- people overthinking and trying to do like too much or you know having too many options and not and being indecisive right like in sports so often that you see you know coaches tell the players that you know, you're overthinking, right? Like that's a very often, like you hear that so often, like it's a very, very common thing that that coaches or other leaders have to tell the players, especially uh, when you go into a higher level of play and you're young experience at that level, you'll definitely see a lot of players who are kind of uh, in that boat where they are being either indecisive or they're trying to do too much where they're not quite, you know, um, kind of simplifying it down to very specific jobs that need to be done. And I feel like it's a huge aspect um, of just tasks in general, being able to just mm-hmm. uh, zone in on the specifics of what needs to be done and just doing those things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I feel like just kind of going, just wanted to uh, specifically point out that little aspect of it uh of what, of what you were saying Ooh. just because i felt like it was important yeah no i i definitely agree like um you know like i i'd rather be doing one mm-hmm. job well you know really you know perfectly than two jobs decently right like um yeah and and you know like being that again like in the kitchen you can't just take over another person's part as well you can't be like okay yo uh, let, let me help you with that as well, as well as doing, you know, what I'm doing, you know, like you, you can't overstep, you know, your position unless you're asked to. And I feel like a lot of people like 
yeah like overthink and they, they start doing like other people's jobs for them and it's just like mm-hmm. what are you doing you're messing their job up right just just to compensate for what what you're thinking um and that kind of destructures the whole entire you know like the whole entire thing it's like bro your team's gonna <laughs> hate you <laughs> like it's like dude it, it just doesn't work out but yeah i i yeah um, do either of you have anything to add lorenzo shaw Not no cap. Uh, no cap. No cap. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I know the two of you haven't had like as much, you know, um, I guess experience competing in team yeah, settings. Yeah, I mean, I mean, esports, bro, esports, you know. Yeah, no. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, yeah. I just, I just agree with everything that's been said so far. Everything has been said so far sounds pretty, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. pretty sound to me. Too. So I don't have anything to well, add. The, you know? Okay, especially being, yeah. you know, without me being in like team sports and whatnot, you know, it's hard for me to comment on that. Well, okay. I feel like a lot Even of it is like, also, um, Well, I feel like a lot of it isn't exclusive to like team sports. It's just like to any team mm-hmm. in general, any team that's trying to accomplish one specific yeah. goal. Mm-hmm. Then there's that. Then you get that sort of like mutual trust mm-hmm. in between everybody that they'll do their best they'll do their part to try to achieve yeah. this goal right mm-hmm. um and i think it just you know like we've been talking about it just combines really well with those competitive settings yeah. you know yeah i think mm-hmm. what you said is really that kind of what Shar was saying earlier as well is that you know it does go both ways uh, a decent bit with like between um you know these competitions and just other uh, settings like Team, you know, team, you know, uh, team projects uh, in school or just working within a team, at whatever job you're at, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. And like, I wanted to add on to uh, Lorenzo's comment about esports. You know. Yes. Sir. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like you, you kind of notice like when you're playing as a team and like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and even in a game like you you make sure your team gets the information you know like you pass on information that that's important to them right um so like if you need help or like you know you need uh like you need some time or something like you let your teammates know so like you know they buy you some time or you know they uh they kind of like they're there to protect you or like you know to to be there for you but if you just you know if you need help but you don't call it out then like like chances are like you're just gonna die right mm-hmm. um talking about games here uh you don't just die in real life but um, <laughs> you know uh something interesting about that it's like okay so back when i would play league uh it is uh common so like you know your opponent if they leave uh their area they could be going to a different area so it's very common to say that that person's missing and sometimes when you're playing with the boys team of five so we're all in voice chat and then you get killed and they didn't call it out it's like it's yeah sure it can be their fault but also you could have just been better 
you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, how much is it team and how much is it yourself, you know? Because you can always mm-hmm. be better. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I could have saw the map. I could have noticed that myself. Does it have to be his responsibility to do that for me, you know? So it's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, that sounds like something that there's no, like, downside to doing it and the potential upside for doing it or the potential downside for not doing it. That's just, I feel like that would be one thing would be like, yo, you didn't call it, bro? What the fuck? Come on, yeah. man. No, it definitely time. makes sense yeah. for yeah. someone I don't to play do it. Ego, it definitely so sounds like yeah. it, it would make sense. And, like, it, it would be kind yeah. of established in your role uh, if, like, you, you were to actually talk about it beforehand. And, you know, set up a really well, yeah, no, a it's, team, yeah, you know, right? I'm pretty sure it's, like, a pretty standard thing. And uh, not even just League, but I think, like, another MOBAs like Dota, I think. Like, if you see that your dude, because the dude that you're supposed to be facing off with in the lane, he's not there. Well, he's got to be somewhere, so. Might as well mm-hmm. let the team know. Yeah. He might get destroyed by, like, two dudes ganging up on them or something. And I, uh... Besides that, like I, I also want to like touch on, um, like taking too many challenges, right? Or like taking challenges when you know mm-hmm. you shouldn't, right? So like you know, like a team fight or something, like you, like your team's losing, you, you should know when to, when to pull back, you know, and not have your ego in the way. And I think you know, ego plays a like a big part of it, you know. Um, like I wanted to touch on this earlier, but then I, I guess I forgot. Um to point it out but uh you have to set your ego aside right like we're talking about how uh you know like your emotions you gotta keep your emotions in check right like if you fail some lifts or whatever right you're gonna feel bad about it either way but it's 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 that part of not letting it hurt your ego your confidence you know um that really like helps you overall to grow Rather than, you know, feeling really bad about it, holding yourself accountable, like, I guess, like, for a long period of time, it's like, it happened, you know, you gotta let it go. And it's like, yeah, like, it's like, oh, you're losing a team fight, man. Like, like, you either continue to lose, you know, like, you either go through with it, lose, and lose, like, your leverage at all times, like, all your leverage, you know, the game, uh, maybe, or you pull back, regroup, right, and, like, uh process like what just happened and like realize like communicate like what needs to be fixed what needs to be improved on like why did that happen rather than you know like oh yo dude like like the fucking uh it's like nah nah dude nah we got a big dick dumb dude big dick energy dude come on (laughs) (laughs) yeah we oh you we gonna let him do us like that nah So. I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm chasing, I'm chasing. He's one shot, he's one shot. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So it's like, uh, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to All touch right. on. Um, well, uh, the last thing I wanted to get into before we go into the highlights section um, is that I want to kind of ask you about Shariar. Um, just the logistics of training and competing, you know, because there's obviously, you know, commute, um, whether that is, you know, trying to train at a, at a place that's going to 
benefit you the most. And also going to competitions are obviously going to be all over the place. And um, something I wanted to talk about in a different episode, just kind of youth sports and kind of the, the cost of that, especially here. But I do want to just go into specifically it's about kind of the financial side of uh, training, whether that is, I don't know, coaching or equipment or joining competitions or traveling, uh, how, the, how the sponsor is. Uh, here, how the sponsor kind of is might be other places like, say, uh, I don't know, place like China where there's like state sponsoring and whatnot. It's just kind of um, that kind of uh, the logistics side of competing and training for competition. Mm. Yeah. So uh, as for weightlifting goes, it's a pretty cheap sport. Uh like say the membership with the weightlifting association i think it's like a hundred dollars a year competitions can vary from like i think 60 to 100 but you're not competing that often right probably like at most six times in a year and uh I mean, obviously, flights are going to be expensive. But if yeah. you do any sports, you're going to have to fly, and that's going to be expensive. Uh, if you can find, like, weightlifting's not that mm-hmm. accessible. But if you happen to live near a gym with yeah. the equipment, like, you know, that's big cost taken out of it. Because the most expensive part is the, uh, the bar and the plates. Mm-hmm. But obviously, if gym has that, you don't need to own mm-hmm. that yourself. Uh, as for like personal equipment goes like weightlifting shoes can be up to $250 but like I've had a $100 pair for like five years and they're they're at the end of their life now yeah. I need to buy a new pair but still like five years for a pair of shoes yeah that's amazing I mean and other equipment's super cheap just like the singlet probably $100 that'll work for life until you probably grow too big for it and then you'll have to buy another one oh sure you remember that one guy at that one weightlifting competition that uh left skid marks in here that never happened again <laughs> that, that did happen <laughs> but yeah <laughs> no, nobody loves skid marks on my singlet when you get yes in. no okay so you got your singlet used yeah yeah and yeah. you pulled up to the competition and you never washed it and then you you looked into it and there were skid marks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna kill me, bro. Well, what were you gonna say, Lorenzo? We're not cutting anything out. Lorenzo wore skid marked pants in the competition. I had to, man. They don't mention they wouldn't let me wear my regular clothes anymore, bro. After like your first two competitions, you gotta wear the singlets. And I'm like, I for two minutes, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw this competition away just because I'm stupid like this. It's all. I I must have been washed, I'm sure, but it was just residual. I don't know something. (laughs) No, I was gonna talk about. Remember that one competition where like some dude bombed out or just in the middle, he got super pissed, so he checked his Adidas singlet in the garbage. Remember that one? Oh, 
Oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah, I trade him now <laughs> still. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it was he was retiring from weightlifting. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a really cool guy. At first, I didn't like him. But then uh, once he got better at English and stopped being like... Does he, does he want a edgy? single back? I still have it. No, no, like he has a new singlet. You kept but it. Yeah, that was, he actually retired. He retired from. Well, singlets are like $100. Why wouldn't you keep it? <laughs> yeah, he retired, but then, uh, I don't know, he's kind of funny. He retires every other month. <laughs> what a guy. Conor McGregor. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> all right so returning yeah. to the previous question mm-hmm. more logistic stuff well due to how well unless you you're a big money man and can spend whatever you want you might need to have to do you might have to do mm. quite a commute to a gym yeah. that has the equipment like for my whole life i've had to bus an hour one way to the gym and uh now that i moved out here still got a bus an hour but then if i want to go to my old gym that's like a two and a half hour bus one way i'll still do it sometimes because it's like the atmosphere of that gym is uh unmatched and i love the boys there so yeah i mean if you're commuting it obviously Mm. sucks but if you have a car it's no problem That's why you gotta get your end, Lorenzo. Amen, amen. First you talk about that singlet story, and now you do this. This is uncalled for. This is just uncalled for, man. I thought we were friends, bro. Come on. Well, this actually ties into uh, just want to bring up. There, I do want to talk about uh, walkable cities and just the design of cities um, in general in another episode, just so I, uh, the audience know for future. We will be talking about that. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, well, but mm-hmm. the thing is, I'm kind of surprised at how cheap uh, weightlifting is. Um, like a mm-hmm. pair of $100 shoes for five years, that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, like if you're going to play basketball or play uh, soccer or football or rugby, like your, you're, you know, the shoes, they're not going to just last that long. Right. Yeah, I mean, you just do yeah. so much running, right, yeah. in those sports versus weightlifting, where your shoes just don't take that much abuse because you're basically just stomping on your shoes for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, when you do the split jerk, uh, I might put a little stress on them, but I mean, they're they're built for like one thing. They're built for like two movements basically, and that's what mm-hmm. they're good for. So, if you only do those two movements, they'll last you a while. Yeah, and also just kind of the the feet to joint competitions is actually, you know, lower than I had thought just because uh, I guess playing other sports uh, and if you were to join a team that is actually good or play in a higher competition like kind of level, a league that plays at a higher level, like in North America at least, it's, it's, it, it is often pretty costly. So, yeah, weightlifting is just cheaper than I imagined. That's pretty cool. Um, and it would be even more cool if it's actually more accessible in terms of the gyms and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, it's becoming more common now because of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, CrossFit gyms are mm-hmm. very expensive. Like right now, I have two gym memberships. Uh, the one, my old gym, it's yeah. sixty-five a month, and the gym that I go to most of the time is forty-five a month, and they're both twenty-four oh, wow. hour locations. So, like, that's really mm-hmm. good pricing. 
but like say a crossfit gym can cost you more than a hundred and yeah. it's not 24 hours it'll probably give you like a two oh, hour time lorenzo we don't talk about it i i don't have that membership anymore they got great people out there awesome gym but i may or may not have paid for like a hundred dollars a month membership and only gone for like a week or two but i had the membership for like six months <laughs> <laughs> or longer or a whole year or something uh, uh, sometimes you just need yeah. the membership like i remember back when i almost quit weightlifting i still kept paying for that membership mm-hmm. yeah. uh, the 65 dollar membership for like five months i never even went to the gym and then eventually like i just got back yeah. into it i mean if you never fully <laughs> yeah. let go Good thing you you know, kept that if you're always just holding on to a piece yeah. of it i think it does make the process easier too get back into training and competing mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, Lorenzo, isn't that that gym run by, like, Matt Dye or something? Yeah, he used to train Taekwondo yes, with him. Uh, he was my uh, sparring partner, yes, partner yes, a lot sir. of the times, yeah. Pretty cool guy. Yeah. He's got his own gym now. Never been to it. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, how, how does, like, how does he, how do you get the money to have a Tesla and open a gym at, like, how old was he at the time? Like 23? I, mean, I don't 22? know. Probably maybe he got a loan or something. I don't yeah, know. Probably a loan to start a gym? <laughs> what? A loan to start a gym? Is that controversial? Uh, I in can that see location, it. I highly doubt you would like. Well, because Semiamu, what is the athletic club, had to move out of that same spot. And they already had. They, he partnered with some dude. Because some dude already had like a Taekwondo thing there. I don't yeah, know if you know, yeah. right? I Church, went to that uh, location academy. once. Yeah. It was my last time. <laughs> my my last ever time <laughs> training was at uh, that location. It was the new location because they moved. So I went to the new location once. Yeah. And, and then I stopped. <laughs> and then that location is yeah. now. It's by Wooden Spoon, yeah. right? Man, I forgot what the name is called. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. thinking about the right one then. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is there anything else anyone want to talk about? Because if not, we'll go into the highlight of the week section and finish it off. Nope. All right. Well, uh, if anyone want to start with their uh, highlight of this week, let us know. Lorenzo, maybe? Apex Season 10, (laughs) baby. Let's go. Yes, sir. Um, nah, I'm not. Been pretty chill week. Fair enough. Yeah. Ray, what about you? Uh, um. Well, season ten, of course. Uh, but also, uh, I hosted a, uh, oh, wow. a pool party. Um, last night uh, for my friends, all my uh, friends' birthday as well as for another friend who might be flying to Paris um, for yeah. school year. Yeah. So at that, um, and then, you know, other highlights, uh, a lot of puking. Uh, <laughs> 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 a lot. But I know the feeling, bro. I know the feeling. But uh, yeah, overall, you know, nice. pretty good. 
I got nice. a new bed and my that back is doesn't awesome. hurt. That is huge. Hey, cool. Yeah, that's blessed. Yeah, that's, that's big. Bless, man. Um, and before I get into my <laughs> highlight, uh, I do just want to say that uh, Paris <laughs> is um, worth visiting probably for most people, but at the same time, it is also extremely overrated. <laughs> uh, now that we got that out of the way, let's <laughs> uh, get into my highlight, and it's pretty much the same as last week, except now my final report is all done and handed in. I just have a final presentation on Friday. Which is just based Dang. on the report, so you know it's pretty easy. And I've also done a presentation already that is ten minutes. This one's gonna be fifteen minutes, so it's gonna be pretty, pretty, you know, straightforward to prepare for. And after that, I'll be flying um, back to Vancouver. You know, the fourteenth. Yeah, it'll be nice. Hey, um, and other highlight, other highlight is that uh, Messi did in le- indeed leave Barcelona. He's at uh, oh, Paris yeah. now. <laughs> uh, yeah, PSG, man. I picked him up for free. Didn't have to pay because Barca is just bad at managing. <laughs> I can't believe the whole situation. But yeah, absolutely insane. Um, arguably the best player to ever do it. Moving to a different club on a free transfer is basically unheard of. Um, yeah, so that's definitely a highlight just because uh, I'm a fan of the sport. And yeah, that's going to be it from me. And I think that's going to be it from us this week. So I want to thank Sharia for coming onto this podcast, for giving us some insights on his com- com- you know, you, competition sir. experience. And we will see you guys. Well, I guess we won't actually see you, but we will be back next week for another episode of the Young and Foolish Podcast. <laughs> thank you for listening.